Hi, I'm Jason Kosick, President, CEO, and Director of Integra Resources. Integra Resources is an um, precious metals development company focusing on near-surface heap leachable ounces in the Great Basin. Right. Jason, good to meet you. We had a great session with you um, previously, I think back in May. Um, was excited about what you guys said then, and um, certainly from a technical perspective, but uh, you've now, we can talk a little bit, little bit more about the commercial components. You put a PEA out, maiden PEA for Wildcat Mountain View. Numbers look good. The market seems to be pleased. Are you? Yeah, I'm very pleased. You know, we we kind of guided the street in the 250 to 275 range. So we always pur purposely sandbag numbers. So we under promise and over deliver. So coming in at, you know, 310 million after tax NPV US, 37% IRR, you know, and all in sustaining costs of 973, initial CapEx of 115. So your CapEx to NPV ratio is 2.7. Industry average is about 1.3, 1.5. So, you know, the teams did an amazing job and we're very, very pleased with with the outcome. Yeah, and I guess it's nice because you've kind of seen some of the inflationary pressures come off. Um, I, I know George, you know, was quite brave and kind of put, put out an economic study in the height um, of the, uh, you know, COVID supply chain, et cetera, and the market perhaps was like a little bit like, whoa. Um, so you're, do you expect to see, you know, some of these costs sort of dropping off as you kind of move through the phases? Um, do you think there's more gains to be had? Yeah, I, I think some of the costs are coming off. Not a, not a lot, um, but explosives and cyanide have come off, pulled back a little bit. But, you know, the big thing is, is, you know, 30% of your OPEX is, is fuel, right? Yeah. So, you know, fuel has to come down a, a, a little bit. Um, but we offset it by using, you know, railveyors and stuff like that and, and, and natural gas and, and that sort of thing. Right. Okay. And obviously you've used $1,700 uh, gold. So you, you, you got a little bit of margin to be had uh, and captured there too. Look, um, I, well done with PA. And I, and I guess you've been out telling the world about it. And, you know, we, we will, we will do a little summary at the end for, for people. Um, I want to focus on the kind of commerciality of, of, of the business, right? So you've, you've done some really um, good things recently. Obviously, the coming together of the two companies, the kind of consolidation of, of, of the shares, it, it, you know, and, um, you know, you've got a strong share register, that's for sure. Um, it looks good from the outside, but there's a lot of moving parts. Anyone coming new to this just wants to understand, I guess, the mentality and the, the, the goals of the team. So we're talking about Wildcat and Mountain View today um, in Nevada, but you know, you've got, um, you've got the Idaho projects as well, advanced economics as well. Uh, you've got tailings to be captured. You've got lot, lots of ways that you can, can affect the economics of what you're trying to do here. But how are you prioritizing where you spend your money that you raised back in May? Um, what on, why is that the smartest allocation of capital now? And I guess, you know, I guess we'll kind of, rumble into what the future looks like. So how do you, how are you prioritizing the assets and, and, and which ones you go after first? Yeah. So, you know, what we do from, from a, you know, a 30,000 foot view, okay, is Matt is we're in the business of risk mitigation. People think it's about finding ounces and drilling ounces. That's the easy part. Minimizing risk and getting a permit as fast as humanly possible is what we're in the business of because people forget the time value of money to a record of decision is the most important thing. So we take ounces uh, that are valued at 0.1. We add ounces in a systematic scientific manner and we bring them to 0.9 or one times now when we build it or when it's acquired. Okay. Um, how we prioritize things 
Um, you know, one of the biggest things that we're doing this year in Idaho, obviously, is submitting the mine plan. That is basically a feasibility study to the government. It is our flagship project because it's the furthest advanced, obviously, and getting the permit as fast as humanly possible is priority number one always. And, you know, to get there, you, there's a lot of de-risking you have to do. There's a lot of baseline, a, a lot of stakeholder engagement that, that people don't really talk about, but frankly costs a lot of money. And a lot of companies don't do that. Um, you know, in, in Nevada, you know, it's the same thing, uh, but a little bit more focused on exploration, okay? We put out this PEA because we, we strongly believe of, of being radically transparent and showing robust economics right out of the gate so that when you start doing your, your, your big drill outs, your, your major showstoppers have, have been removed. Your MET, your geotech, your conversion rates, your fundamental controls, mineralization. So as you step out and grow the resource base, people can update their, 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 their DCF. You know, so, 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 so again, I just want to, so, to we're going to sort of jump in every every now and again because I want to make sure I totally understand this. So, <clears throat> obviously, Delamar significantly advanced, um, and you've, you've explained that what you've got left to do. That there's a time component to that, obviously. Um, in in that, you know, permits take take a, t a bit of time in Idaho, two to three years, I think you indicated in the last conversation. Anything changing your mind on that time frame? No, I, th I think the team has done an amazing job, and, and obviously George is fully focused on on delivering that. Uh, so he's down there pretty much once a month, um, working, having the opportunity to work with the local tribes, uh, local community in Boise, and obviously starting to do a lot more lobbying in Washington. It all seems very very promising. So I think. That, that two, three-year timeline that we've been guiding is is, is, is real. Right, okay. And, and again, one of the kind of, another kind of strategy move um, was the, you know, absolute focus on oxides. It's less capex, you can get at it quicker, it's a simpler process, and margins are, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty good. So, um, to, you know, to that end, um, is, 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 is that something that has been done in Idaho? Is, is that... Um, going to be a problem? No, I, you know, Perpetual is, a, they should have their permits um, by the end of the year is, is what they're guiding. So projects are getting permitted. Um, you know, we're, you know, where we are, it's, you know, a little bit different of a landscape than, than where they are. You know, they're fishing, fly fishing streams and beautiful mountains and trees and all that sort of stuff. And in and, and Southern Idaho, it looks a lot like Nevada and it's it's pretty much an arid desert um, and it's a in Delamar is a historical mining town right from the 1900s onward so you know I I don't see any any issues uh, because it's been a, a a mining town since really uh, the turn of the century right okay and and, and again just coming come back to this kind of prioritization um, of, of time so George is kind of you know doing what he, he can do up there in Idaho it will take some time if we look at what you were doing down in Nevada um, and obviously you know this this I mean, PEA we've got a sense of the scale of adventure that you're going for the company is targeting 200,000 ounce which it wants to be a 200,000 ounce a year producer so it's, it's you're ambitious, that's for sure. Well, you know, right now we are the largest gold and silver resource endowment in the Great Basin that's not owned by a major mining company, right? You know, we're sitting at just over six and a half million ounces globally, of which four million ounces are leachable. 
uh, and that number will grow well over 7 million ounces and, and close to just over 4.5 million ounces leachable. So yeah, those are it is ambitious, but we have a very robust resource base uh, to 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 provide that production profile with the the different different projects at the moment, the economic study phases at the moment. How far do you intend to take this? Because clearly you're surrounded by some pretty big players in there in the in the, in the Great Basin. They've all got operations there. Um, you you're going to soon be able to kind of start demonstrating the the economics that. Um, it may be achievable. Um, are you going all the way with this one? I can't quite remember what your positioning was, and maybe because of the coming together, you've got a different view. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's in our technical and financial capacity to build these, okay? Um, that being said, as George and I are the largest individual shareholders, you know, selling the company is 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 open for, for the right price. You know, remember, permanent ounces, Matt, in the basin, go for uh, on a PNAV consensus basis, 0.89. We're trading at 0.1. So if someone gives us 0.9, go ahead, you can have them. If someone kind of lowballs us, no, we'll, we'll continue to push it on our, on ourselves because we're we're in the business of making money for our shareholders and frankly for ourselves as well. The fact you've kind of got these layers of options with regards to assets at the moment, do you, does that make it, did it make it easier to raise money in May? Did this, that story of that kind of combined narrative um, sell it a bit more than perhaps, uh, you know, working individually? Yeah, you know, people forget too, is that, you know, the, by doing this merger, you save over $2.5 million US in GNA a year. Frankly, there's too many companies out there uh, and not enough people to manage them and run them. Uh, so, by combining the two entities, uh, what it did is really create that go-to vehicle for the institutional space to remain relative for the retail space um, and kind of any major corporates that, that 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 want access and nav exposure to the best mining jurisdiction in the world. So, you know, it, it, answer, a long-winded way to answer your question: Yes, it made it easier to raise to, to raise money for for a number of reasons. Right? It's kind of interesting. That's a, that's a conversation that we're hearing a lot. The first the first conference we just came back from Quebec uh, and also down to Barcelona. And I think that in moments like this, in markets like this, um, management teams who've kind of been there and done it before, you know, built projects out before, and we've spoken to you know George previously about um, you know him him and his team. Is it, now it is imperative that companies who can demonstrate that they will versus the companies who are, you know, need the momentum, need the promote to go and just move the story along a little bit further in the hope that the market believes them, someone might come in and take the pressure off them to actually actually do it or the thing falls over. So in terms of the, the way that you're talking to the market, talking obviously to the new money coming in, talking to what is a quite a... Um, quite a good list of current strategic uh, and institutional investors. You're trying to project, or you will be projecting the ability to get this through to production yourselves. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know, having, having partners like Wheaton Precious Metals is one of our largest shareholders and BD Capital. Um, what that does is not only is it significant project validation, uh, because those guys rip through both companies' data rooms, you better believe it, before they write checks. Uh, but what it also does is it removes project financing risk. Um, we, we always want people involved and in looking three years, five years down the road and getting people involved now 
um, to get comfortable with that. And, and that's, well, those are going to be our partners, right? For, for project financing. Yeah, no, it's true. I was with Randy Smallwood yesterday in London. Um, he, he had good words to say about uh, what you're doing there. So that's, that's, that's always nice. Um, right. So if we, if we look at, right, let's look, let's look forward. Let's look forward, um, to what your shareholders and anyone news this story uh, will be, will be looking at in terms of that kind of phasing. What are you going to be delivering for the rest of this year? Um, and what you need to be hitting uh, out of the park next year? Yeah, so the big thing that uh, is coming, you know, in September this year is the stockpiles uh, for Delmar. You know, you're looking at about 60 million tons, okay, that sits in those stockpiles. Um, you know, Kinross, if it wasn't above 0.85, it went into the stockpiles, okay? You know, the current oxide component of the PFS at Delmar um, that gives about 314 million of NAV uh, is modeling 81 million tons. So you can understand the impact that, that those stockpiles will have, okay? Uh, so stockpile resource update in September. Then we will submit the mine plan of operations for Delamar. We will just kick off the real exploration program at Wildcat. So you'll see a lot of news flow coming from the drill bit. Um, that's one of the reasons why the, the, comp, the, the two assets really complement each other is because, you know, Delamar goes into this permitting phase. Mountain View and Wildcat go through this nice, exciting exploration euphoria phase. And now that the PEA is out, you know, every time you step out, the, the, the market can update their DCF. Um, and every 10% growth is an extra $50 million in after-tax free cash flow. So... Uh, resource update, mine plan, exploration, and then at the end of next year, a feasibility for Delmar. Right, and 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 um, you know, I guess at, at today's prices, you're also delivering a fifty-one percent IRR um, on, on Wildcat. Um, you know, on, a on, view. On, on a combined basis, you know, for the whole company, just look at it, at, at what we deliver as a, as a as a as one company at spot prices. It's just over $875 million of U.S. NAV, okay? Let's not talk about all the exploration growth. Let's not talk about the stockpiles. So you're, right now, you're about just over a billion Canadian of NAV. Commonly, developers trade at 0 0.5, 0 0.7 in premium jurisdictions. You know, that's a $500 million company. We're $90 million. So there's a lot of value creation over the next 12 to 24 months that's going to be ongoing. And, and, and you know, it's going to be a really fun ride. Yes. Yeah, so, so, okay. So you, obviously, at 90 million, no one wants to sell out at, at, at that. And your peer analysis is, is spot on. It's like ours. Um, you are not getting the value that um, others are. Um, but do you think the things that you're doing will start to get reaction. Obviously, the equities market has been really, really difficult. Gold's, gold's at a good place. You know, gold price is at a good place. Where, where do you think that kind of moment's going to come from? Is there, is there any one thing or is it just good, solid, old-fashioned, steady, accretive growth? I, Matt, all that it is is we, we tell our team, let's put our heads down, let's get dirty in the trenches and deliver on everything we say we're going to do. And those major catalysts of doing the PEA, kicking it off, the resource, the mind plan, the feasibility, and showing growth, when you execute all of those, the market will give you value. And it'll be slow, steady, but at the end of the day, you know, on a 
for permanent ounces in the Great Basin on a PNAV consensus basis, they go for 0.89. So it'll be slow and steady as we check the boxes of everything that we're doing. Because I've been, so I've been talking about all these peers, but you know, there's some pretty big companies, there's some pretty big resources out there. Um, are you going to be able to ke- compete on scale and grade and margin with those guys? Yeah, you know, Matt, I think the the robustness of this PEA is, is, is shows it itself. Uh, one of the things that people probably didn't understand in that is and, and why companies do PEAs really is so they can use the inferred resources. Uh, but one thing people forgot in, in the release is that 80% of the, the resource that feeds the PEA is actually indicated. So, you know, growing this thing and stepping it up to a feasibility uh, uh, at the next stage is is completely doable because most of the resource is already in that indicated category. Well, that's it for me. I just want to, I just want to kind of catch up about, you know, the, the, the process. So in terms of the kind of, you know, the technical work that you're doing, I think we, we like what we heard last time. Round obviously permitting and um, baseline type stuff is is on on ongoing and um, you know your community work uh, is is important. Um, Jason, I appreciate your time today. Um, we will be following this one very very keenly. Um, so appreciate. Uh, we will see you soon and let us know how you get on. Okay. Thanks a lot and uh, thanks for your listeners for tuning in today. Much appreciated.